I'm Luke Summerhays, and I love Totodile. The water starters don't have any theme quite as clever as fire starters representing the zodiac or grass starters charting the course of life on Earth. They're just a collection of semi-aquatic animals. Which makes sense. You wouldn't start your journey with a fish when you're going to be entirely landlocked until five or six gyms in. I was a Pokemon Blue kid, and ever since Squirtle, I've generally been a water starter guy. For young Luke at the start of Generation 2, there was absolutely no question. Crocodiles are cool! They're the closest thing alive today to the dinosaurs I grew up watching in movies and TV shows. Totodile is extremely cute. It has a chubby little body and a big happy face. Real life baby crocodiles are cute as well, so it makes sense. This cute exterior hides considerable strength. The Ruby and Sapphire deck says, Despite the smallness of its body, Totodile's jaws are very powerful. While the Pokemon may think it is just playfully nipping, its bite has enough power to cause serious injury. While Silver said, It is small but rough and tough. It won't hesitate to take a bite out of anything that moves. Totodile had a fun introduction in the anime, with Ash and Misty both throwing a ball and both believing themselves to be the trainer who caught it. Eventually, they decided its fate with a battle and Totodile ended up on Ash's team. I remember Totodile as a lovable goofball for the most part, who happens to sound like Donald Duck whenever it talks or shoots water. Totodile did make a brief cameo appearance in the live-action movie Pokemon Detective Pikachu, and it was cited by Justice Smith, the star of that film, as his favourite monster, and the one he wished he'd got to share screen time with. At level 18, Totodile eventually evolves to Croconaw. Level 18 is the highest level at which any starter Pokémon evolves. Combine that with a very low level for the final evolution, and we don't actually get to spend much time with Croconaw. Croconaw is a bigger bipedal croc, this time with an odd pattern that resembles a classic caveman's outfit made from an animal skin. I always found it to be a little weird and goofy, so I wasn't too worried to see Croconaw come and go in short order. Croconaw's Pokedex entries read like real-world crocodile facts in a David Attenborough documentary. If it loses a fang, a new one grows back in its place. There are always 48 fangs lining its mouth. Once Croconaw has clamped its jaws on its foe, it will absolutely not let go. Because the tips of its fangs are forked back like barbed fish hooks, they become impossible to remove when they have sunk in. 
I have one strong memory of Croconaw from my childhood. As a kid, I was pretty terrible at video games. The only games I could beat were Pokemon, so I used to play only those, over and over. One particular car ride to my grandparents' house. I felt I had done everything I could possibly do on my copy of Pokemon Silver. So I figured if I wasn't going to save, there was no harm in starting a new game. Over the three hour drive to Cornwall, I got pretty far with my Croconaw, and actually felt a little sad when it was time to turn off the Game Boy and say goodbye forever. We say goodbye to most Croconaws when, at level 30, they evolve into Feraligator. Feraligator is one of those classic kaiju-like fully evolved Pokemon. A hulking, spiky, bipedal beast of an alligator. It has big fangs, muscular legs, and muscles that look suspiciously like a big old booty above the tail. The name Feraligator is a weird one, not because it hides complexity, but because it has a bizarre spelling. Thanks to the character limit on the Game Boy Pokemon games, Feraligator is missing an O between that T and R at the end there. It reads like a disruptive app for cutting out the middleman in Crocodilian delivery. Much like Croconaw, most of Feraligator's Pokedex entries describe cool facts about real-life crocs and gators. When it bites with its massive and powerful jaws, it shakes its head and savagely tears its victims up. It is hard for it to support its own weight out of water, so it gets down on all fours, but it moves fast. Feraligator intimidates its foes by opening its huge mouth. In battle, it will kick the ground hard with its thick and powerful hind legs to charge at the foe at an incredible speed. In the anime, Feraligator's most memorable appearance was in a sumo... In the anime, Feraligator's most memorable appearance was in a sumo tournament where it wrecked house before falling before Snorlax. In particular, it had a clash with its Generation 1 equivalent, Blastoise. Alas, the existence of rivals like Blastoise was Feraligator's downfall in the competitive scene. There were a lot of popular and powerful water types to compete with, and even in Feraligator's specific niche as a physical attacker, it always faced stiff competition from Gyarados. Rain, special abilities, and some choice moves are handy, but unfortunately, there are always better options, with Mega Revolutions, or particularly good stats and typing. The second generation starters often seem to get forgotten. They're all monotypes, and their designs are fairly standard. I love all my water starters though, and Feraligator will be in my heart as long as Blastoise or anyone else. Music for Luke Loves Pokemon is by Jonathan Cromie. Artwork for the show is by Katie Groves. If you enjoyed this podcast, and you want to help me be able to keep hosting them online, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash lukelovespkmn. Just a dollar a month is a big help, and in return, you can listen to episodes a week early. You can also help me out by spreading the word among fellow Pokemon fans, or by getting in contact and having your say about upcoming monsters. The next two episodes will involve Centret and Hootoot. I'd love to hear from you about those, or any monster, so please get in touch on, on Twitter or Facebook at LukeLovesPKMN. I love Totodile, 
And remember, I love you too.